up, NBA fans? It's the Second Stringers NBA podcast. It is. We are past the trade deadline, and we are past the buyout frenzy. And on the podcast, of course, we'll talk today about the buyout, who are some of the winners, uh, who are some of the losers, and, you know, chat around the league. Woj put out an article today about people not being okay with the way things are playing. Uh, we'll jump in and talk all that. And, of course, best performers and West perfor- worst performers of the week, rising teams and seeking teams, all that in today's episode. Uh, but first, got to give a shout out to a couple guys. I feel like we always start the podcast shouting out players who are player of the month, but why not give some love to the coaches? Monty Williams, coach of the month on the in the Western Conference, and Nate McMillan, coach of the coach of the month in the Eastern Conference. Monty Williams, eleven and three this month for the Suns, who have the NBA's second best record. Nate McMillan, nine and four in March, and the Atlanta Hawks have really turned another corner here. An eight-game winning streak, the longest for the franchise since the 2014-15 season. Sean, who's more impressive here, Monty Williams or Nate McMillan? Ooh, I mean, obviously, yeah, both guys deserve a lot of kudos. Monty Williams is going to make me eat crow on the Phoenix Suns by the end of the season. I can just, I can feel it. <laughs> I've been trying yeah. to hold it off this whole time, but it's inevitable at this point. We're going to get that. But I got to give it to Nate McMillan because this Hawks team was reeling before he got there. Lloyd Pierce goes out. Nick McMillan goes in. And they go on an eight-game winning streak right off the bat. And obviously, yep. they've gone one and four since then. So I think we're seeing a little bit of a regression <laughs> to the mean here. Obviously, the Hawks team is not that talented to be able to keep up a win streak like that for very much longer. But the fact that they even did that in the first place and under just that tumultuous situation of having a new head coach come in, I think it just speaks volumes for how much respect that they have for McMillan and his ability to just coach a team out of the gate. And I I, I think we were talking about this um, in the off season. It's just, we didn't really get why the Pacers let go of a guy like McMillan. Like he was right. very good. Uh, like that yeah. team was very good with him last year. And, you see them struggling this year with with the new guy they have in there. I think his name's Bjorkren or something like that. Um, and it's not working as well. Like McMillan, I think they just pulled the trigger too early on letting him go. Uh, I think the Hawks are definitely benefiting a lot from that. They're right back in the playoff picture. Yeah, totally. I mean, Nate McMillan's a guy who's been there, done that. He's been in the NBA for for a long time, and he's really been able to put together all these moving pieces that the Hawks have have had coming in and out of the lineup. Capella coming in, uh, Gallinari coming in as well. DeAndre Hunter potentially coming back soon. He played a couple games, and uh, Bogdan had a good game today. So he's making it work with all these moving pieces, and the Hawks are right there in the Eastern Conference race. And I think impressive enough, I'm not sure, maybe there are some variables here, but Whenever you can hold teams to under 90 points, I think it deserves a shout-out. And they did yeah. that twice this month to the Miami Heat, 80 points. Cleveland Cavaliers, 82 points. Especially for a Hawks team that we didn't really think was going to be known for for defense. But they can't, they've can't. they had a good run. Um, and, you know, Monty Williams at the same time doing the same thing the Suns have been doing consistently the last two months, which is just winning. And now they have the NBA's second-best record uh just right there behind the Utah Jazz uh man the Suns have been talked about more than ever since we started this podcast just <laughs> this year alone i i i don't know the number off the top of my head but i got to think i don't think we've ever talked about the Suns consistently this much yeah i mean you got a guy like Chris Paul on your team and Monty Williams was that heavily coveted coach free agent <laughs> a few years mm-hmm. ago and it's really cool to see him living up to that reputation a little bit and really bringing the Suns team out of the doldrums and, and making them a contender. I mean, that, that's what yeah. they are at this point, is they are a contender. And, man, I, I didn't expect them to really bring the same bubble momentum that they had to the degree that they are. I expected them to be a playoff team, but not the second-best record in the NBA. This is this is some sort of run. They're, they're getting some really good performances from a lot of their guys that you really wouldn't expect to. Um, like, Dario Saric is still balling for them. Like, this is a forgotten yeah. name in the NBA. And uh, a guy like Tory Craig that gets thrown away by Milwaukee, and they bring him in, and he starts becoming a decent role player again. So, yeah, their their system just works, and it, it's all thanks to Monty. It's awesome what he's doing there. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's a good transition because they've been doing it all, and – 
they were not players in the buyout market, not yeah. really big players in the trade deadline. And it seems not really well, ne- not very needed since they're still holding on to that second record and th- they're looking good right now. But, you know, transitioning over to the buyout market here, LaMarcus Aldridge, I totally was so <laughs> confident he was going to the Miami this Heat. Was and a it seemed slap like slap in the face, man. Yeah. <laughs> to totally go to the, to the Nets despite Blake Griffin having already signed there before that. You know, we already know they have DeAndre Jordan there. So this dude just goes, doesn't care. He's still, he's willing to ride the train ride to an NBA championship ring. I can't say I respect it all that much, but I understand it. And it irks me a little bit. It does. And yeah, he's a free agent. You know, he got bought out Mm -hmm. and he can do whatever he wants. It's just, yeah. I mean, it seemed like the heat were going to get him was the whole thing. And it seemed like he was going to fit really well with them. And then what? He gets a text from KD. He's like, "Yo, come here," and that—that's all it took. Like that, that seems like how pretty much how it went down. And then you have this quote from him being like, "Oh, you know, the Heat's recent losing streak was a factor <laughs> in me deciding the Nets." I'm like, "Man, they lost five in a row. Come on, that—that's they need you. You change it yeah, for exactly. them. They can turn them into a contender, and you're not going to help them." I mean, it's so hard for me. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely do want to touch on this buyout market situation um, wh- after we talk about a few of these signings because I, I am firmly in the camp that the buyout market needs to be changed. I think it's yeah. ridiculous. But impressive stuff from Aldridge after not playing for God knows how long. He actually got the start tonight because uh, Blake Griffin was hurt. And I don't think James Harden was playing either. And obviously Kevin Durant's still not there. So LaMarcus Aldridge actually got the start. Played 30 <laughs> minutes out of nowhere. Uh, 11 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and a block. No turnovers. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, he's still a quality player. Like He's not like on the ropes of being all-star Lamar- LaMarcus Aldridge, but this is still a quality player. So I'm just stunned that he wasn't willing to go to Miami where... I mean, once KD comes back, Griffin's in the mix. Uh, you obviously have DeAndre Jordan there too. Marcus Aldridge, I'm not sure, will get 30 minutes consistently. But on the Miami Heat, he probably would have gotten these consistent 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he would have been a huge game changer. So honestly, for the Nets, once they have the, all the pieces, their biggest win is not what LaMarcus Aldridge produces on the floor, I think. But just the fact that he's not on another yeah, roster. Yeah, away from other people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And on the other coin here is the Lakers getting Andre Drummond. I mean, this guy's probably the most talented dude that's ever come out of the bio market, I think. Prime. He's 27 yeah. years old, 28 years old. Exactly. And he's still an elite rebounder, even this year, had he not sat out the, the, the rest of those games with the Cavaliers. But total shame, man. Just <laughs> injured within 14 minutes of play. Uh, I mean, it kind of it, it looked like a weird injury. It didn't really look very impactful. But after... You know, he tweeted and people started talking about it. So, in fact, his toenail came off. Oh, <laughs> like Ew. he 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 oh. knew his foot was hurting, and apparently, he just was. It was just like really painful. And he finally took his shoe off, and when he took his sock off, his toenail just fell oh. off. So, have you ever had that you know, happen to you before? I've never had my toenail <laughs> fall off. I've no, actually I've had so it. I I've have had that happen to me before. I don't. Yikes. I had some sort of weird. I'm not going to get into this. Actually, all I can say <laughs> is that once the toenail comes off, the what's underneath it is pretty gross looking. Oh, well, I can only imagine. Like that My skin dad does had... not belong on the outside world. Oh, I can only. It just, just. Oh, it just sends a chill down my spine. Like it seems. I just got to say, like, you know, Laker Twitter, we were going crazy seeing Drummond go out. Like, everybody was like, I was also feeling just like, oh, good grief. Like, we brought this guy in, and the basketball gods are striking L.A. down again. And we brought in this guy with all this hype, and now we're not going to see him again for, like, a month. Uh, No, it's not going to be that long, but he'll tell me I'll grow back. It'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just wrap it up in some tape. But hopefully we'll see him back in a couple games, but... Uh, you know, it's hard to say like where he really is. Uh, obviously, like no real stat line to talk about other than the miss alley oop was his first <laughs> chance of scoring a bucket. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how that ends up playing now. Um, Marcus Saul didn't speak to the media after the game. Maybe that's a sign of bad things to come potentially. But I mean, come on, Andre Drummond is clearly the the bigger name and potentially the better player. 
Yeah, it's tough. I and mean, you bring Marcus all in, being like, "You're gonna be our starting center." And they, to his defense, they've had a very good net rating when he plays. Mm-hmm. The stats don't tell the whole story. Just because he doesn't put up stats, like he's a great defender still, and right. he's got great instant instincts for the game. And you bring in a guy who takes over your job. You're like, "Wait, I was doing a good job." Like, right? Yeah. So it, it, I would feel a little bit betrayed honestly but the lakers i mean they definitely felt pressured to mm-hmm. compete with the nets and see all the moves they're making with all the big men they're getting they probably felt like they needed to do something in response so you can't really blame them but i yeah if i'm marcus i'd be pretty pissed i'd be like no this guy should come off the bench i'm the starter i'm <laughs> i'm a better player yeah and i think it's just going to depend on the matchup because i think they both bring different dynamics i mean i still think drummond is overall a better player, but definitely, I mean, Marcus Gasol is just a better shooter, better decision maker. I mean, Drummond's not historically known for being the greatest offensive threat or offensive decision well, maker. Has, but he has an outdated game, right? And he hasn't really adapted to the modern yeah. NBA. Like a lot of the big men these days can shoot threes; they can play make. And you look at Sabonis, Julius Randle, Jokic, even Carl Anthony Towns is getting assists these days. It's like that's what the modern yeah. NBA big man does. And Drummond's still your standard post up get a bunch of rebounds type of guy and he's not he's not even that efficient so yeah yeah I don't know, that, that's my thought on it i guess yeah exactly and i think just like the fact that drummond went to the lakers is what stirred up i think what what inevitably was going to come which is this huge conversation that seemed to have happened of anonymous gm spoke to Woj, and this big article came out just this morning or probably yesterday or this morning not sure. Either way, it's out there. Uh, this anonymous GM totally calling out the NBA and uh, just like the fact that or how they feel that the buyout market needs some sort of regulation and it's totally rigged uh, for the big market teams. Uh, so it started a back and forth. And uh, interesting enough, the team that has signed the most buyout candidates since 2015 have been the Milwaukee Bucks. Hmm. Uh, That's interesting. And I mean, take a look at the list at the guys who have come out of this. Uh, you know, Milwaukee's Novak, Muhammad, Pagasol, Amari Stoudemire, uh, Kendrick Perkins, Kevin Martin, Gorgie Dang, Kyrus Humphreys, Ty Lawson, you know, Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge, Drummond this year. Yeah, mostly all these names basically relevant. might relevant. Yeah. Exactly. So guys that don't really move the needle, or at least historically haven't, I think the biggest name that probably has is. And it's Cantor, who ended up starting for that Portland team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and played on <laughs> that single, that one shoulder is the big name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the point the point is still there that whether or not the buyout market should be, should have some sort of regulation and is it rigged towards big market teams and does it sway things a certain way? I think there is an argument there. I, I do. Uh, I'm curious on your thoughts, Sean. Oh, well, I mean, I totally agree. The buyout market is clearly designed with the players in mind. It it only gives the players an advantage because it gives them an out if they don't want to play for a team anymore. And the team agrees because obviously they can't force the player to be motivated to play for the team. So from the player's rights standpoint, it makes sense to have a buyout market so that if a guy really doesn't want to play somewhere, there is a solution out. On the other hand, though, as far as just, like, overall just the health of the league, I think this is just a very unhealthy option that exists in today's NBA. Because you see it abused more and more every year, where it's not just, I don't think, the big market teams, but the teams that are contenders. It's the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer in every situation. And it just leads to more more discrepancy, more of a disadvantage for the teams that are already bad to get any better because you're losing what you could be a very cornerstone piece for you. Like Blake Griffin had two more years left on his deal. I'm pretty sure. And he can obviously still play, but he just didn't want to play for the Pistons. And so now you're the Pistons. How are you going to attract anyone to come to Detroit? If you don't even have a player like Blake Griffin to kind of be that captain, you know, you have nothing at this point. So, for me, I just I don't like what it does in the league. I understand why it's there because the players want the rights. But 
in my mind, I think it's silly that you can allow these pretty decent players to go just be on the bench for a championship caliber team to just go buy a championship, essentially. I, I just think that model is completely flawed. Yeah, I, th- I think there's, yeah, there's two ways to definitely look at it. Like, obviously, the free market dynamics of it is, yeah, I mean, in, in the outside world, like, if you don't want to be in a contract, a lease or whatever, you should be, there are options or ways to negotiate and buy yourself out of it. Um, but then on the other hand, in terms of the league, it, it is it is a bit frustrating, I think, if you look at it from the Cavaliers' perspective. I'm not sure if this is what happened, but I'm thinking about it. I guess I have the positive assumption here that the Cavaliers did honestly try to trade Drummond. But the fact that there is this buyout option, sort of agents and players and back-channeling could happen where all of a sudden, you know, agents talk to each other and it back-channels up to the Lakers where hey, you don't have to really put a package together for the Cavaliers because there's a chance you're going to get them right. without <laughs> without putting anything on the table for the Cavaliers to take back. Right. Right? So I think that that kind of sets the unhealth, also sets an unhealthy dynamic um, to the league, aside from everything else you already said, Sean, which is like, yeah, I mean, you had a decent guy, a decent piece on your team, and now and now you, you were banking on having him for another year or two, and now he's he's not there anymore, and you got nothing in return for him. Uh, so yeah, I think I and there's also something to be said that this year may be the best year of buyout candidates. We have yet to see that, but it's looking very likely with these names: Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond. And you compare it to the list of names you know that are out there. I mean, there's a huge list that Bobby Marks tweeted. I don't want to read the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, I mean, like these three guys, I think are easily better than any of these other dudes. I think the only, like I said, the only other guy that stands out is and is Cantor and I, Marcus Morris. I, I guess has a case. He he influenced. He yeah. was a big piece of the I Lakers kinda, last I, year. I really, I really wish that uh, Marcus Morris was not a part of the Clippers. Uh, but <laughs> I think the other thing too is the flawed part about it is that the crappy team is still paying for the player. While he's playing on a mm. minimum contract for the super team. I think that's right, yeah. that's ridiculous that Detroit has to foot the bill for Blake Griffin to go gallivant with Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving. I think that if a reform happens, whichever team signs the buyout player has to pay at least a portion of his buyout, bought out contract. Because it's just silly that Detroit has to pay all this money still and they don't even have the player. Like it's it makes no sense. I don't I don't get why these teams even agree to a buyout in the first place. Like, what do you owe Blake Griffin? Yeah. Like, what do you owe him? He barely got you the playoffs one year. Sure, it's not like that. That's like okay, yeah, sure, we'll just pay you twenty five million dollars and more for the next two years just to do nothing. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you're to- you're you're right from that perspective, and I'm not sure what that. And on that note, I don't really know what that solution would look like. Maybe it is like you you go ha you you pay a certain percentage of what that buyout negotiated rate is, and maybe that goes towards the cap uh, of what you have, or you pay an yeah. extra tax or something. Because you're totally right. Like you get a guy like Blake Griffin, who a free agent, the Nets would not be able to get him underneath the cap right. if we were if this was the summer. But because it is buyout, like the Pistons, in a way, fitted a, a solid ninety percent of the bill for Blake Griffin, and then the Nets were managed to get him for a minimum deal to still sneak him underneath his cap. Whereas, right, yeah, maybe in the future, you that that bill gets split fifty fifty, and that fifty has to fit within the Nets' uh, remaining cap, whatever cap they have remaining underneath the hard cap at this time of the year. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me why why these teams even agree to it. I mean. They just don't want his negative energy around. Is that worth fifty million dollars? <laughs> I don't think so, but I guess they they seem to think so. And with the Marcus Aldridge one, I just think it's funny that this guy, like who <laughs> we clearly can see is still a contributing decent player on a team, who is on the Spurs, who are currently very, they have a very good chance of making the playoffs. I'll say. Like, they have a very yeah. good chance of making the playoffs, and they couldn't integrate this guy who's pretty good into their roster? 
I don't really understand that either. It's like why like why were they so gung ho to get him out of there? Like, are they that happy with starting Keldon Johnson? Like, you clearly see that Marcus Aldridge can still play. I just I don't get it. Yeah, and I think that's part of the big point in the article from this anonymous GM is just is the swaying power between the players and the agents that they can single handedly just you know force the the big organizations like the team to make their hand. It's not. I don't think part of it is just the organization just being low, you know, being lollygaggy about it. I think it's mm. just it's just the power of the players and the agents somehow. I don't know some back channeling or something is going on yeah. to allow this. Oh, it's sad because you're totally right. Yeah, Lamarcus. I mean, the Spurs are in the eight seed right now. Lamarcus Aldridge could probably be the difference to get them a couple more wins, and they're in the seventh as opposed right. to hanging on to the eight seed right now. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. We'll see how this continues yeah, it, playing it is, out. It is a very interesting topic. I I do think something needs to change. Like it's just I feel like over the last two years, especially, it's really kind of come to light that it does need some reform for how players are really using it to their advantage. Yeah, and I yeah, and totally like Andre Drummond, I'm still stunned that somehow assets weren't able to be exchanged there. Like it yeah. just kind of happened. <laughs> right. And it's the contract though, you know. Like you'd mm-hmm. have to give up a lot to get him. So you have to really it, it's like with Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry didn't get right. traded for the same reason. And that that's a guard. That's a good guard that no one got because that no one was willing to pay up. Yeah, and it's yeah, and on that note, Andre Drummond going to LA. This brings us to another point here. Moving away, totally moving away from the buyout market now. Yeah, the LA juggernauts here, uh, Lakers and Clippers in trouble, man. Mm-hmm. Especially the Lakers. We've got to start with the Lakers here. They're still losing games. Uh, no surprise, I guess, without LeBron and AD. Uh, with the Nuggets winning tonight, beating the Clippers, they're now tied with the Nuggets and only a half game ahead of the of the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, we're looking realistically at a Lakers team that might be in the sixth seed by next week. Uh, you know, if things don't end up really going that well, um, they still have one more open roster spot. And on that note of the buyout market, there's guys out there that are that just got waived: uh, Avery Bradley, Oder Porter Jr are out there i mean long uh, shot <laughs> i saw this article about isaiah thomas potentially oh. i don't think that'll happen but <laughs> you're getting way too deep in the beat reports man <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know Otto, yeah. i didn't know uh auto porter uh was waived by the magic that's interesting actually that's a correction he's not he hasn't been waived yet but there's strong mm. suspicion that he will be uh, okay interesting so there's 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 intrigue there uh frank vogel being asked about it. he says they're they're thinking about it and they're going to go after the most intriguing player not willing to give out what exactly the lakers need is because right now it feels I, like it's I, I everything man. thomas might fall in that most intriguing category <laughs> yeah but the lakers right now seven road games ahead of them mm-hmm. you know within 11 days and the fifth toughest remaining schedule they got a whole Eastern Conference tour they're going into. Man, wow. I'm not feeling very good about the Lakers. It's going to be a tough ride here until LeBron and AD get back. Right, and we we don't expect to see LeBron for another four weeks, I would imagine. Maybe three if yeah. everything goes well. And who, who the hell knows what's going on with AD right now? I've yet to see any relevant update on when he's supposed to get back on the floor so we might be looking at the continuation of a pretty bad losing streak here for the Lakers, even if Drummond comes back in a game or two. I, I just don't see this team being able to keep up with a full-strength Nuggets and a full-strength Blazers. Sixth seed is very imaginable at this point, and that's scary too because this is a team that was the one seed for a while until the Jazz took mm-hmm. fire. Then they were the two seed. Then they're fighting the Clippers for the three seed, and then it's just after LeBron got hurt, it's just been nothing but sadness. So... Oh, man, I mean, I I don't think that they're gonna have to worry about finding themselves in a situation where they have to be in the playing game. I don't think the Mavericks are gonna catch them, but man, it's gonna be rough if you have to start the playoffs as a six seed going up against probably the Nuggets in the first round, and then one of maybe Phoenix and the Mavericks after that. 
and that's that's a lot tougher road than I think that the Lakers would like to go on to get to the championship because you really want to save as much as you can for the Nets, but they might they might not have it, have anything to save. They might have to really run through this gauntlet. Yeah, this next three weeks are going to be crucial. Yeah, I mean, thankfully they have a little like you mentioned they have a little little gap between them and Dallas, but. We also just got to get AD on the floor, man. He's got to he's got to get some vibe and get some feel for the floor and for this this roster as well. Um, but we got to hang our hats right here to to Kyle Kuzma and Dennis Schroeder, and hopefully Drummond can come back and drum up some wins for us. <laughs> they're trying. Man. <laughs> you see them out there, like Kuzma, Schroeder, and Harrell. They're all trying to to shoulder the load, and and they've gotten a couple wins here and in this stretch without LeBron. But it it is a battle every night to just do anything and they have to rely a lot on defense i mean the two wins that they have they've been able to hold their opponents under 100 points that that that's really what they have to rely on with so little offensive firepower yeah exactly and back in the day man this schedule that they have ahead of them would have been pretty kind but (laughs) you know the knicks aren't who they used to be the brooklyn nets are definitely not who they used to be uh charlotte miami toronto Toronto's maybe an easier done. one, but but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, back but to there's the original, some tough ones here yeah, on the road. To, back to the original question: Who are we taking over the Lakers, Clippers versus the rest of the field? The field's looking stronger and stronger every day, man. I I am yeah. worried. I am worried for our for our LA teams right now. These Nuggets and Blazers are no joke. Man, it's going to be tough. It's hard. I I can't. It's a fifty fifty coin flip for me at this point between them and the field yeah obviously like the nuggets also got better jazz Suns keep doing it and the clippers man tough loss to the nuggets tonight but they they got paul george back at least so terrence Mann is looking good yeah. as well any thoughts on the clippers sean <laughs> i mean i i <laughs> love terrence man got gotta shout him out real quick because when we traded Lou Williams, it's like, oh, what's going to happen to our bench now? Terrence Mann's filled in perfectly for Lou Williams. Maybe that's what they were planning this whole time because he has looked fantastic. But Paul George has not looked fantastic. Kawhi's been mm-hmm. great, but he's kind of been shouldering the load. And we we have losing to crap teams like the, Ma- the, the G League Magic. And we have basically our full roster at this point um, outside of our point guards, obviously. So... Hopefully the point guards are enough to help us get back to that consistent, strong contender team. But for now, we've just been kind of floundering also. I mean, the Nuggets are very close to passing us as well. I think we're only a game ahead of them now um, with their win over us today. So we could easily slide to the four seed very soon. And I'm just hoping Rondo <laughs> clears those health and safety protocols because we need him. Yeah, it's going to be a tough road here for the for the L.A. teams, but we'll see how it all nets out. Um, let's go big deal or forgetful here just around the league. We got Mitchell Robinson, fractured right foot, out for the rest of the season after coming back for three gains from his previous injury. Man, the Knicks mm-hmm. thought they were getting their defensive man, but uh, he's out again. But, you know, even when he was out, though, the Knicks still just held on to being one of the best defensive team in the league just off the backs of playing their young guys 38-plus minutes every night, and <laughs> and they're hanging in there. Yeah, no, they are hanging in there. So I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. But I mean, it, this, this guy's a young guy, and he's, he's already had his fair string of injuries. And if this one's mm-hmm. going to keep him out the rest of the season, he got this injury after returning after three games back from his previous injury it's like the the guy just can't stay healthy and we see the potential he could be a defensive juggernaut i mean this guy's a block machine yeah but yeah he's just i don't think he's been able to put together even a full 82 season type of like games just when you combine all the seasons together so it sucks i I hope he comes back stronger next year um but in the meantime nerland's noel has actually been pretty good uh, this very sneaky uh, free agent pickups actually worked out pretty well for the Knicks so far. Yeah, and uh, shout out to New York. They've been able to hang on to the number one spot in terms of opponents' points per game at 104. Pretty impressive. Big gap between them and second, which would be the Lakers at 106. Wow. But 
I'm not sure how long the Lakers can hold on to that. I think the Knicks are fueled by your Julius Randle jersey. <laughs> I also got a Julius Randle jersey today. Pretty crazy though. Uh, so they've all, they've been sold out in the U.S. for quite some time. So I had to order this from, uh, NBAinternational.com oh, wow. and it shipped out of the U.K. Dang. <laughs> Julius Randle's popping off this year, man. But you, yeah. you've been an OG Julius Randle fan. So yeah, he, he should know. He should know who his real yeah. fans are. Exactly. I've been on the, the bandwagon of Julius Randle for a number of years, really, for <laughs> since he was a baby Laker. So, uh, Shout out to that team. But anyways, moving on there. Clippers potentially bringing DeMarcus Cousins on a 10-day contract. Big mm. deal or forgetful. <laughs> Man, I'm going to say this is forgetful for me personally. Like, no. Cousins it seems like he's, dude, he's done, man. Like, he looked rough. I mean, his stat lines look good, but he but looks rough out there. Yeah, it's kind of sad to see his NBA career fizzle out like this when he's really not that old. But... No. He got a lot of mileage there in Sacramento for a lot of nothing years. Uh, that Achilles, that Achilles thing just never really recovered from. And I feel like this is the Clippers just trying to respond, maybe to the Andre Drummond signing that the Clippers <laughs> or that the Lakers made. I don't think they need Demarcus Cousins to size up Drummond. They have Big Zoo. They got Zubak. Like, what do you need? What do you need Cousins there for? Too. Uh, you got enough big bodies to put on Drummond. Are you really worried about Andre Drummond? Like you need to worry about two other guys on that team a little more than that. So I don't know. Seems like a weird move for me. I, that's forgetful. Yeah, Kevin Love coming back, starting that's twenty weird. minutes, thirteen, four, and three. <laughs> I thought this was an April Fool's joke. <laughs> Honestly, I did not expect the him returning to come back. or the stat line. No, the returning. I I didn't know he was gonna play this year anymore. Like he just he disappeared. After like coming back for a game, I'm like, okay, he's just he's just gonna sit out the rest of the year. What what's he got to come back for? And he just returns right. out of nowhere <laughs> on April Fool's he, Day he, of all days. Yeah, he he. I think he's got something to to show. Well, Jared Allen's also out, so they needed they needed some big men out there. <laughs> I guess uh, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what Kevin Love can put something together for the rest of this year. I mean, he played all uh, right. Twenty minutes, thirteen points, four rebounds, three assists. Pretty good. Yeah, it looked better than the other two games he played when he came back. Yeah, three weeks ago now, two weeks ago. Yeah, a while ago. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I hope he comes back though. Yeah. Kyle Lowry, two year, fifty million dollar in free agency. Supposedly, this is what he wants. Kyle Lowry still wants a payday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we think, Sean? You think he gets it? I think. I he, mean, I think he does. Only because the only reason people didn't take him on wasn't really for his contract it's just because they couldn't match the ass they didn't want to match the assets that they'd have to give up but if you don't have to give anything up and you can sign them for basically the same amount i think someone will bite on it i think the heat have already said that they will probably be interested uh and they were big player for him in the first place and maybe the lakers are like you know what Sorry, Schroeder. You don't you turn down your four years, eighty-two million. We're gonna sign Lowry for two years fifty. And we're gonna go out and try to win another two championships with this roster. Yeah, maybe there is some sign and trade potential there, but I mean, dude, Kyle Lowry's nice. He's thirty five, but dude can still play. That's a big contract for this man, dude. I I think he's gonna get it though. Yeah, especially like a team with the Heat, they got the caps. They got the cap space, so move some pieces and th- they can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor Odalipo coming back, twenty three minutes, two for eight, six points, three three rebounds, five assists, three turnovers. Yeah, it's a rough, rough first night for <laughs> Odalipo in Miami. Yeah, do you think this is a big deal? Do you think he's washed up, or do you think he's just trying to find his legs right now? I mean, I think he's just had a rough year. I mean, even with Rockets, he put up some good stat lines, but so much of that was just based off the fact that there was nothing else on that roster. So I, I, I ultimately think it's it's forgetful because I think it's not Miami Heat aren't going to rely so much on Autolipo here, but I think it'll take some time. It'll take yeah, some time. I don't I think mean, he's washed. The thing, he has to be better than Kendrick Nunn. Like, if this is not a better than Kendrick Nunn performance, yeah. So it's like his shooting has been inefficient the whole year, obviously. But it's like you're not the primary focal point of the offense anymore. You got Jimmy Butler, you got Bam Adebayo. This isn't the Rockets. You don't have to be the guy. 
So you should be getting much higher shot quality. And so far, we're not seeing that. Or maybe he's trying to play a little too much hero ball when he does have the ball. But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll, I'll give him a few weeks, but he has to play better than Kendrick Nunn. Like, that's really yeah. what it comes down to. Or else this trade wasn't for nothing. Right. I think not only Kendrick Nunn, but also Goran, you know, be the replacement piece of what Goran Drogic was yeah. for this team during the playoff run last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Goran's getting a little bit older. Who knows if how long he's been coming in and out of the lineup. I think his body's just totally failing him now. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. And another point here, last one, Michael Porter Jr. Month of March, 59% shooting, 53% from, from the three-point line, averaging <laughs> over 20 points, nine rebounds. Man, I got to be honest. I was not on the Michael Porter Jr. hype train this year. I totally thought yeah. he was gonna, he was being overhyped. But, dude, this dude is, man, he's completely taken over that second star spot from Jamal Murray this year. Like, mm-hmm. whether or not any of us want to admit it, <laughs> it really seems like he's he's got the stronger case for being the number two now there. Yeah, I mean, Murray's still the second, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. he, yeah, but I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is inching in closer and closer in on Jamal Murray. But it's very cool to see how this team's able to really just integrate another guy that needs to get his. Because Murray's mm-hmm. obviously going to have a bunch of shots every night. Jokic, the the offense is going to run through him on almost every play. It did, how much does that leave for Michael Porter Jr.? turns out quite a bit. I mean, he's made the most of the situation. I think you can credit Jokic a lot with the playmaking ability to be able to get this guy open a lot. Because 53% three-point shooting doesn't happen on your own. You know, yeah, that yeah. That's you getting in the right spots and getting the pass at the right moment. But to knock them down is another thing. This is Joe Harris level three point shooting right mm-hmm. here. Like 53% is absurd. So man, is this guy reaching all-star level? He's, he's very close. I mean, this, this is a big deal for me. This, this, if this guy continues to play like this, this is a big deal for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I think so. And then you add to the equation, Aaron Gordon, which yeah, is another piece to just for another and another guy like today. I mean, this for debut game was pretty bad, but this game like Jokic just makes it so easy for him. He just kind of runs around, catches the ball <laughs> at the rim, and dunks. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know that's exactly what he needs to do. That's where he's best used. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's just like a microcosm, smaller case for what Michael Porter Jr. has been able to leverage by having Jokic on his team is just being at the right spots at the right time and just knocking it down. So if Denver can roll with all these dudes being good like this, man, they they are a very dangerous, dangerous team. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna say I'm also gonna say big deal. Part of that is also yeah. just because, like, dude, I was just not, I was really not on this dude's hype train heading <laughs> into this I year. Know. No, he is, he's there. He just every every game of March, he's made me regret more and more that we picked Jerome Robinson over this guy in the draft. Oh. One spot difference. I was going to wonder if you were ever going to bring that up. I I was like, maybe Sean just (laughs) forgot. (laughs) I cannot forget that because we all knew Michael Porter Jr.'s potential. And we had two chances to get him. Shea, obviously, sure. You take Shea. Shea's turned out awesome. Got Paul George for him. And then you picked Jerome Robinson? Yeah. Come on, man. Michael Porter Jr.'s right there. What did you have to lose? You already had your other pick. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's so disappointing. Right. It was, And it was already a stunner that he had fallen that far down into the draft. I know. I know. It hurts. It, it hurts more and more every day, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the, yeah, and the Clippers are in need of a score shooter. Yep. There was your guy. All right, so moving on, hot teams, yeah. man. Utah Jazz. I'm getting tired of talking about uh, these guys. But are you seven you, games as the Jazz guy? <laughs> as the Jazz guy, you're even getting tired of talking about them. I, I think I'm getting tired of it just because, like, dude, I was on these guys' <laughs> train, just like bandwagoning them for the last three years, and then you know they disappointed me, and then the year that I'm like officially off of it, and I'm like, I'm not on this train no wow. more. I'm tired of rooting for these guys. They actually come out here and kill it. Uh, but yeah. I mean, dude, shout out to them. We thought again. I thought February was going to be a telling month where we, we were going to see them regress to the mean. <laughs> but 
they freaking nope. have kept it together and they're headed for just as successful March as they had February. And now they're on their way to having one of the easiest schedules in the league. So they've all but baked in this either the one or two seed in the Western Conference by this point now. Right. Yeah. Third easiest remaining schedule in the league for the team that has the most wins in the league. I don't know how the Jazz, yeah. it seems like the Jazz every year always have like one of the easiest remaining schedules in like the last stretch. Yeah. I, I don't know how that happens, but it seems to work in their favor pretty well. They don't even need the easiest schedule at this point, but yeah, they're they are going to end up with the league's best record at the end of the at the end of the regular season, and they are going to have they, home court's going to go through Energy Solutions Arena, or is that <laughs> is that what they are? I think that's what their arena is. I, I have a hard time I actually remembering have no the idea. arenas, but it's going to go through Utah either way. <laughs> <laughs> Salt Lake City is the place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, shout out to them. And the other team is the Miami Heat, uh, slowly putting something together for them and climbing up those, <laughs> up those standings. But I mean, they, they're an interesting one. You think LaMarcus Aldridge would have signed with the Heat if, uh, the buyout was today versus, yeah, a few weeks oh, ago? Oh my gosh. That's so stupid. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, I guess like, it was a pretty telling losing streak, but at the same time, this team has just struggled again to keep their roster together. Uh, so for them to put this together is pretty sweet. You know, they I mean, they, they, they had a six game losing streak. Five hundred though, they still like they need to go on a big winning streak now. Like I want to be talking about them as a hot team two weeks from now. Like they can't be five hundred. This is it's just silly. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they're obviously they're. Their big point of luck here is that there is the Eastern Conference, and even yeah. just being one game over five hundred, they're in the fifth seed. Gosh. I know it's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that and that's really only going to get put them in a playoff matchup against the Hornets. <laughs> the Hornets, who like don't go to the playoffs ever, have no playoff experience, and then the Heat will get them in the first round. It's not even a hard matchup. It right, shouldn't, and they just it lost. Shouldn't be, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they just lost their best guard yeah. that was a rookie. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. at the end, I guess, yeah, if they want to stick four and five, that, yeah, they're not going to beat the Bucks, Sixers, or Nets at this point as far as regular season. So, yeah, they're going to have a pretty easy time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just have to How about make it teams? be there. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry. Just. Oh, yeah, no. I just needed to say Let's that. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to the landfill. Ah, the Bulls. Oh. Five-game losing streak. Seven of the last date. No win since Vucevic came to town. I was checking up on these guys today because I was like, well, Vucevic's got to have made a difference. Maybe we'll give him a shout-out. But, I mean, Vucevic's been playing, doing his thing. He's still <laughs> double-double, well, good yep. shooting percentages. But the Bulls losing seven of the last date, including the two debut, two games with Vucevic, or one game with Vucevic. I think it's been three. I don't Three games? Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Three <laughs> games with Vucevic and still no ability to to actually get a win. Uh, desperate enough. They need a point guard. I've been saying Kobe White is overrated. He's not an actual point guard. They should have <laughs> traded him. But <laughs> He's still young. Come on. He's second year. <sighs> he is. You don't trade him don't now. Really lo- <laughs> I don't love this guy, but, I mean, they got Thomas Stradonowski out there, but they totally That's need an enough. upgrade here. Yeah. Yeah, they they should have. Yeah, they the all signs pointed that they were going to be one of the players, uh, you know, in the buy buying market for Lonzo Ball. They didn't end up pulling that trigger, and I mean, even despite this losing streak, they're in there right there to to make this play in tournament. With the Raptors also losing, <laughs> they might have just baked in their 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 shot their spot their spot here. Uh, not sure. Maybe we'll see. And it's so sad that the Raptors are the 11 seed right now. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, the Bulls, man. I, I, we thought that this was gonna change their fortunes getting Vucevic, but it's kind of looked like just an Orlando Magic 2.0 at this point. It's like <laughs> Vucevic and a bunch of guys doing a whole bunch of nothing around him, and even Zach Levine seems like he's regressed a little bit. Um, trying to figure out how to play with Vucevic. I mean. Maybe this is just a long-term chemistry thing that needs to develop. Uh, and sometimes you don't get that in sync right away. And so maybe we need to give them a little bit of a chance. But it is pretty concerning. Because um, this, this team on paper should be a lot better than this five-game losing streak that they're on right now. 
And yeah, like you said, I think it comes down to they they need Alonzo type. I mean, Sadoransky's fine as like a bench point guard, but to be your right. starting point guard, you're not going to contend with anybody um, with that kind of roster. Maybe they didn't go harder for Alonzo because they already gave up so much for Vucevic, and then we'll see them really go hard for Alonzo in in free agency. Um, right. They don't have to give anything up for him, but yeah, I I don't really see them doing anything. Um, just with the signs that we've seen over the last week with the, with seeing Vucevic in action for them, but and we'll get we'll give it a few more weeks. Maybe they can turn it around. And I mean, this team as constructed should at least be in the play-in tournament. They should be able to hold off the Raptors, who are reeling right now as well. But uh, who knows, man? Who knows at this point? Yeah, and then the, they're in the middle of the pack in terms of strength of schedule. Eleventh toughest. They still got a bunch yeah. of Brooklyn Nets, Utah oh, Jazz, no. <laughs> and Bucks in there. So yeah. we'll see how those how those things play out. But you know, talking about the Raptors, they're also a sinking team. Fortunately mm-hmm. for the Bulls, yeah. four game losing streak, uh, bad losses to the Thunder and the Pistons. And I mean, obviously they gave up one of their best players in Norman Powell and traded him in for. Arguably a lesser player. I mean, I think he's a lesser player in Grant Jr., but Siakam is really the story here this whole year since the bubble, just totally just showing flashes of who he used to be and then just regressing to uh, just not being a dude who can knock it down, really. Uh, He's getting the minutes. He's getting the opportunities. He's getting the plays. He's still one of the pillar options, maybe even more so now without Powell there. And, uh, you know, but he's just... Just 41% from shooting, 29% from three in the month of March, under 20 points a game. Uh, we were just talking about this before we hit record, and Siaka might just ultimate be the ultimate homebody in the entire <laughs> NBA. <laughs> I mean, and I can't blame him. I, I, if I was living in Tampa Bay right now, I'd, I'd be in the same position. I, I would be pretty <laughs> miserable. When you have awesome Toronto, Canada with their universal health care, and right. then you have Tampa Bay, where you're surrounded by people that don't believe in COVID vaccines. Um, <laughs> so I, I get it, you know? Like, that is not home. That is not a home yeah. court. So every game is away. That's tough, you know? Uh, I mean, yeah, the Raptors were always going to have a hard time this year. And, you know, it's just not their year. I mean, we kind of figured that a few weeks ago already. So i do hope to see siakam rebound next year and maybe things get a little more normal i think one thing we can point to is that og Ananobi has actually looked pretty good this year and he's actually taken a little bit more of a role on this team and i think that's what we expected from him um once Kawhi left was that he was going to take over a lot of that time and now we're starting to finally see him blossom a little bit so it's been pretty cool to see i mean 40% 40% from three for OG um, this season, averaging 14.8 points a game. I'd say that's at least one bright spot that you can point to as the Raptors. Yeah. Yeah, true. I, I still think there's enough offensive share on this roster for Siakam to also be successful. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, it's just a matter of him not being able to, to really just knock the shots down at this point, really. He's oh, yeah. just looked kind of bad. Yeah. Well, let me, and, let me I, ask you this, though. Who is the best player on the Raptors? Yeah, and I mean, last year would have been easily to say Siakam Mm -hmm. and Kyle Lowry. Right now, I mean, if you would have asked like two weeks ago, it totally looked like it was Norman Powell. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, that is crazy to think. Norman Powell is the best player on this team, and they traded him for Gary Trent. Exactly, like a lesser player and... I mean, Kyle Lowry obviously has an argument to be made, but in terms of like offensive firepower, it just looked like it was Norman Powell. Yeah. Uh, and now it's looking like it's OJ Anobi. So uh, Siakam at times has shown that he is and he gets his reign back as being like the, the offensive power, but also the do it all guy. But he, man, he just has some off nights. This, he's had some really bad off nights this year. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of it can be blamed on mental, but yeah, maybe just hope, hope next year's better. If you're Siaga, man, yeah. it sucks to see him regress like this. And he was on his way to stardom. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to best performances here. Uh, we got a lot of really low-key named dudes that we don't really Love talk it. about. But Moses Brown, <laughs> 8 for 10, 21 points, 23 rebounds, and a loss against the Celtics. Welcome to Tankathon OKC. <laughs> Let's just play dudes as much as we 
young guys as much <laughs> as we possibly can. All right, here's Moses Brown, man. He Moses. is getting his full NBA exposure here. Man, this is a big this is a big young man too. Seven foot yeah. two, Moses Brown. And he's showed up, honestly, in his seven games as a starter, averaging 13.8 points, 13.7 rebounds, 1.7 blocks on 60% shooting. That's about as true of a center as you can get right there, which I don't know what that says to you as far as the modern NBA, but the dude can stuff this that sheet, and that is awesome to see. Um, this 2020, I mean, how many guys get 2020s these days? Like, this is super impressive from this from this youngster man this is crazy yeah i can't think of the i think uh capella got a 2020 uh not many dudes yeah. I, was say, I, I remember zion's like, never got in 2020 yeah, Jokic probably got in a 2020 yeah yeah maybe. he had like a 30 20 i think even um <laughs> yeah. yeah we were talking about 2020s on like a few weeks ago and you're like who's the last guy to get this certain 2020 i thought it was drummond but drummond like hadn't even had a 2020 in a long time that's right. I did ask that trivia question, and now I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I thought it was Clint Capella who might have done it. Yeah. Uh, are Jokic and Capella seem like to be the names right. that come to mind for me? But yeah, Moses it, Brown. Moses. <laughs> yeah, I think name of elites. <laughs> it's important to note that after this game, that Moses Brown got signed by the Thunder to a four-year, six point eight million dollar contract. I was stunned that this <laughs> young kid committed to that many years for that low of a rate considering, like, I'm not sure. Like, what did Sam Presti tell him? Or, like, his agent must not. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's, but I would have bet on myself a little bit more. You know, there's cases where betting on yourself goes wrong, but yeah. <laughs> I would have bet myself a little bit more than that. Yeah, well, I mean, this is very reminiscent of another guy on the Thunder, right? Lou Dort. Right. Dort with his four-year, six million dollar contract that he signed last season. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how Sam Presti's able to convince these young kids to take like no money, like basically minimum wage contracts for long term. But I mean, I think he really plays the G League card on them. He's like, look, you were a G League player, barely making scraps, traveling around trying to make it. Well, I'm here to offer you a million dollars a year. This is guaranteed yeah. money for four years. You can take it, or you could bet on yourself, and maybe you're back in the G League in a few years. And so maybe he's able to just really pressure them into taking these long-term deals where it just opens up this enormous flexibility for OKC for the next three years to sign some big names. Yeah, it's uh, pretty surprising. And also, I mean, another name is Jeremy Grant. I mean, Jeremy Grant, when he was on OKC... You, he signed a pretty long-term, pretty cheap, what ended up being a very value-cheap deal <laughs> yeah. for what he was producing those two years, he those last two years of that contract. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Sam Presti figures out a way. That's, I, I was pretty surprised by that. Um, anyways, <laughs> Theanis Antemikembo, another guy on the list, 37 minutes. I'm not sure how many, how many times this guy has seen more than 30 minutes I think this was the first on the time floor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think in preseason maybe, but maybe. that's about it. But 8 for 15, 4 for 5 from 3, 23 points, 10 rebounds, 5, five assists, and 2 steals in that loss against uh, the Knicks. Uh, starting in place for his injured brother, very poetic. Right. Uh, just goes out there and just kills it. This is this was so funny because I remember checking the box score and I didn't know Giannis wasn't playing. And so I just see Antetokounmpo on the ESPN <laughs> box score. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty standard stat line for him. And I'm like, wait, why is there a T instead of a G? I'm like, is that Thanasis? Like, are you serious? <laughs> wait, what? This can't be real. He put up a performance that would make you think twice. You'd have to double take yeah. and see if it was Giannis. So just for that, that is an amazing performance and I hope it leads to more playing time for this guy because I feel like these other Antetokounmpo brothers in the league they really haven't gotten a chance to show their stuff and when this guy got a chance he stepped up to the plate man like not everyone can do this yeah this is a pretty impressive 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 stat line uh I mean I still gotta say I gotta see some more man let's see some more Thanos and yeah see see what this guy can do I also like the name this is just such an epic like comic book name (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's very reminiscent yeah he could definitely earn that nickname if he actually got to be a starter in the league yeah 
Uh, worst performances, man. This one has been making uh. its brains across <laughs> Twitter and the internet. Evan Fournier, deb- debut with the Celtics, 33 minutes, 0 for 10, 0 points, 2 rebounds, nothing else, and a <laughs> loss against the Pelicans. It was bad. It was a bad all-around game for the Celtics, and that has just kind of started this whole conversation of, like, what the hell is that franchise doing and has lost its touch? Uh, I don't know, but this 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 was just one that was making the reins. Evan Fournier, I mean, he's, he's just a streaky shooter, but... yeah. And he's not like he's really redeemed himself yet either. I mean, right. He's put up a few more stat lines since then, and it hasn't been anything impressive. So for for this to be what you use your trade exception on, pretty much all, almost all of it, I, uh, I guess they still have $10 million left, but this is a $17 million man getting zero points for you in 33 minutes, contributing nothing to you. Like, that's gotta sting and and danny ainge is his days are done man like this guy he's lost it yeah there's no way there's no way he stays like there's he's had so many years and has really done nothing to capitalize on any of the assets he had or any of the opportunities that are quote-unquote supposedly there so right i think it's it's either him or, or brad stevens i think and ultimately, I th- I don't, I'm not sure Brad Stevens is the guy to fire. I think da- Danny Ainge is. So something's got to change, though, for this franchise. Oh, man. If Brad Stevens hit the market, teams would go nuts to sign him. Oh, yeah. He, he would be, he would be, he'd be Doc Rivers. He'd already yeah. have, he'd be, <laughs> yeah. he'd be on the way to another team. <laughs> right. <laughs> he'd be on the flight. He's got, he's got three teams lined up <laughs> if he ever yeah. fire him. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's been moving on from there. PJ Washington, 44 minutes, 0 for 7, 0 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 turnovers. Couldn't hit a single shot, PJ. 44 minutes, you were almost out there for an hour. He, he almost played the <laughs> entire game. And yeah. some, you're an NBA player and you scored 0 points. That is insane. He got 12 rebounds, I guess. And one, one <laughs> redeeming factor there, but man. This is crazy. This is a guy that's put up like 30 plus points in many different nights this year. He can definitely score, but for some reason he just he forgot how. And then for 44 minutes, man, that is nuts. Yeah, it happens. You all have bad days. You I wonder if that's some breakfast. sort of record. Do you think that's some sort of record of zero points so, in 44 minutes of play? It might be. That's a long time of playing. To, right? Why did he even play 44 minutes uh, if he was shooting this terribly? Maybe his defense <laughs> was really good. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that would be a stat line to look up. Uh, but yeah, anyways, closing the podcast off. I forgot to mention we're recording this on April 1st. So naturally, we've had our fair share of April 1st jokes. Sean got me really good this morning <laughs> with a, a fake Woj tweet saying that Luca uh had fractured his tibia obviously Luca's like the pillar on my fantasy team so i automatically <laughs> panicked thinking it was real that was a good one sean that yeah. was i appreciate that <laughs> i'm, yeah, glad, you I, I'm get... glad i got you i wasn't sure yeah. if you believed that <laughs> oh i believed it I don't, i'm surprised i fell for it like i woke up i checked my phone and i had a woes notification so i had looked at his feed and yet like 20 minutes later, you text me that screenshot, <laughs> which was weird because you never text screenshots. <laughs> no. It's always links. Uh, but somehow you sent me the screenshot and I totally fell for it. And I was panicking. I looked on Twitter. <laughs> I, I searched Luca immediately and nothing was coming out. I was like, there's no way. There's yeah. nothing coming up. I, 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 I yeah, I'll take that as you think I'm a very trustworthy guy, even, even though <laughs> all the signs were there that it was fake. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, like, obviously no one's in office right now, so none of the cheesy donut box, there's only vegetables in oh, there. Oh, yeah, that was a great April one, fo- dude. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, too. Uh, but I think the the better NBA April Fool's joke was on the note of the, the Boston Celtics is Russell, Bill Russell, man, tweeting out his potential return to the NBA. <laughs> What a great tweet. And ironically, you know, the Celtics could use uh, a, a time machine and bring back old man, <laughs> old young man Bill Russell. Oh, man. Yeah. No, this is a great tweet. <laughs> Last week, a team reached out looking for an out of work six foot nine, now six foot five <laughs> over the hill. <laughs> Greatest defender in NBA history to fill a spot. <laughs> and it's him just lifting up a 
very tiny kettlebell, um, but it, it's awesome. Uh, I love yeah. this. I love the humor here. It's, it's definitely <laughs> unexpected. Um, I didn't even know guy like, like he was on Twitter. You know, <laughs> I didn't even know he's that old. You could be on Twitter. It's great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One of the best April Fool's NBA jokes that came out. Uh, so check it out. But anyways, thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, don't forget to check us in week in and week out. It's we continue breaking down the NBA. We are about a month away i think from playoffs now yeah yeah Yeah. about a month a little over that's exciting yeah yeah we're, we're getting closer we're moving closer thanks everybody yeah have a good week everyone